And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday-ish. Technically, you're seeing this on Monday, but I'm recording it on Sunday night because I've got to be in two places at once again. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are live-ish from the bunker. Jason Hunt here. Along with whoever is here, we're uh, we're we're premiering this over on YouTube, so uh, the the chat is active. And uh, those of you who are with us after the fact, you can still leave a comment. You can always share your thoughts uh, on uh, on email. Want to give a shout out to everybody who listens to this program as a podcast. Not very much is going to change for you because you're going to download it whenever you did download it. But uh, just wanted to, uh, to acknowledge our listeners. we got people in Germany, Poland, Spain, the UK, Sweden, Australia, Russia. Good to see all of you. Hopefully uh, it's uh, worth your time to keep coming back. We do appreciate all of the attention that we get from people. Uh, and since this is pre-recorded, it means that uh, if you're usually over on Odyssey... Uh, then it's going to be late because they don't have a way to schedule uploads yet. I've been talking to them about it. I've been saying, we need that. It's coming. They're working on it. One of these days. Who knows? I don't know. All right, so I say I'm going to be in... i got to be in two places at once. i got day job stuff today. So uh, I got a call to be a production assistant on a, on a production... So I'm currently in the midst of helping a uh, a video shoot for a carpenters union. So you know I'm I'm in I'm in two places at once. But I'm glad to have you all here. I thought I'd do a, a short one just to to fill the time because I I'm hopeful. My goal is to not miss any shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday between now and the end of of December because if we hold to the schedule the way I'm thinking we're going to, and we might not, then December 30th will be the 500th installment of this show. Now, I don't know if we're going to hold that schedule. I don't know if, you know, something untoward could happen between now and then. But the goal is... 500 December 30th so because it's the last Friday of the month and it's the last Friday of the year and it's the 500th installment and I may if it all lines up that'll be great if it doesn't fine but in keeping with that goal the days I'm not here we'll either have guest hosts or we'll do a pre-recorded thing like we're doing today so anyway it's going to be a short one I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time today uh just just some bits and bobs. Friday, Roy Okupe will be our guest. He's dialing in from Nigeria to talk about his comic book company, his, his entertainment uh, media company, Unique Studios, uh, which has just developed a, uh, a, got a, a new animation deal, I think it is, with Cartoon Network. So we're going to be talking to them, uh, talking to Roy on Friday. 
I don't know what the schedule is going to be like for Wednesday yet, but uh, check our socials. We will post those over there. And uh, I'll go ahead and mention we're on 10 different social media platforms and uh, you can find us. Just search Sci-Fi for Me and there we are. All right. So uh, a couple of follow-up things uh, from last week. This story in Eurogamer broke over the weekend. We mentioned it on Good Morning Multiverse Saturday morning. The FBI and uh, uh, police in the UK apparently have arrested a 17-year-old for possibly the Rockstar Games hack. Last Wednesday, we talked about the the leaks of uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 as well as Diablo 4. Uh, the person who hacked Rockstar to get GTA 6 also claims to have hacked Uber a few weeks ago. And this story here, City of London police have arrested a 17-year-old in Oxfordshire on suspicion of hacking. Reporter Matthew Keyes tweeted to say the crime is related to the high-profile Rockstar hack. More information is expected later today. So this was posted, there was an update on Friday... Uh, late Friday, the original story, the hacker who claimed responsibility, this was posted on the 20th, the hacker who claimed responsibility for this weekend's enormous leak of Grand Theft Auto 6 material is now being investigated by the FBI. The same attacker also said they were behind last week's high-profile hack of ride app Uber, which has provided an update on its own investigations. Now, we talked about that a little bit, that that Uber had said that they were talking to the FBI, so we knew that the FBI was involved somehow. Uh, And now it does appear as that there is is a suspect in custody. So there is that uh, particular item. Those of you who are following, uh, following that story... Uh, there you are. That's the latest that we know. So we'll we'll continue to keep an eye on it. And as things develop, we get things that's worth reporting. Then we will share that with you uh, as it comes in here. Um, I wanted to wanted to just touch base, and and this is kind of kind of a follow up a little bit on a previous uh, episode where we talked about you know fandom. And walking away from things and not having interest in things and, and that sort of thing. And that seems to have taken hold a little bit. That seems to be uh, something that I'm encountering in other places. But I'm also seeing uh, the same kind of thing from creatives that we've seen before. And the new Lord of the Rings thing is just the latest example of this. This is IndieWire. Uh, Steve Green on September 24th, this was Saturday, Rings of Power wasn't built for the water cooler, and that's okay. Now, the the gist of the story is, yeah, it's a weekly episodes, and they're they're you know they're dropping in a way that we can talk about them, but there's not a whole lot happening that's just, did you see last night's episode? The, it's the, the there's not the whole epic excitement of the action and all of this. And to be fair, Tolkien's original work can sometimes get a little lengthy when term you know in terms of descriptions, but he's doing the world building that you bypass when you get into a visual medium. 
So Tolkien is describing this entire world in text because there is there are no pictures. So you have to take that into account as well. But you know, Lord of the Rings can sometimes get a little a little wordy, sure. But things continue to happen. The story continues to progress. And this article, as I'm going through this, I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, well, not a whole lot happens at certain points in the story, but it's okay. It's not meant, and, and this is kind of a gloss over, it's not meant for you type of, of article, I think. A lot of people are taking it that way, at least. Uh, and even even uh, we even got a even got a bingo card. Uh, uh, the guys over at uh, at uh, uh, Gothic Therapy uh, have come up with this this fan blaming bingo card for things rather clever. But of course, you know it's not made for you. Uh, that's on there. It was meant to be bad. That's on there. You know, racist, istophobe, all of those different things. You could just check off those boxes. But it does raise the question. If you're spending all of this money on a Lord of the Rings type of show, a lot of people seem to have, have decided that it's not exactly Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the Rings fan fiction. And I, I haven't watched it. I don't know. <laughs> but it raises the question, who is, this, who is this show made for? If it's not doing well in the ratings, if it's not performing the way they want it to, and they've spent a ton of money on this, well, it raises the question, why did they make it? If nobody's watching it, and I don't know that nobody's watching it, but not as many people are watching it as you might want, if you're Jeff Bezos... But it seems like, at least, you know, looking at the response online and looking at some of the different headlines about the numbers and the ratings and the performance, it doesn't seem like it's doing very well. And it doesn't seem like it's getting a very strong, positive reception. I mean, some people think that it's, you know, the bee's knees, but not a lot. And it's the usual suspects. It's people thinking it's really fantastic. But there's not a whole lot of story happening. And some of these articles even acknowledged, you know, the pacing could be better, you know, some, some characterization could be a little bit better or whatnot. But what if, what if Amazon doesn't care if anybody watches it? I saw a question online uh, the other day, and I don't remember where I saw it, I'd have, to, I'd have to go back and really, really dig to find it. But it is an interesting question to ponder. What if Amazon is doing this knowing that they'll lose money and they take the tax hit, the tax write-off, very much like Warner Brothers Discovery just did with Batgirl. Now, I'm not saying that Amazon is doing that. I don't know. I don't know that it makes very much business sense to do that. They've spent a billion dollars on this thing. You want to get a return on your investment, I would expect. So I don't put a whole lot of stock in that question. But this day and age, 
nothing would surprise me anymore. But it does, it does make me wonder if this isn't made for me. Well, if this isn't made for us, if it's not made for the general population, if it's not made for an audience, what else? What else is out there that's not made for you? It's not made for me. And if it's made for someone, whether it's Rings of Power or She-Hulk or House of the Dragon or Captain uh, uh, Black Panther or uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision or Doctor Who or Star Trek Discovery or you know, fill in the blank, whatever, whatever it is that we've got. If it's not meant for us, should we feel bad about walking away from it? And I think some people are at that point where, and I, I'm, I'm like that. I'm now where I, I give it three episodes. If it doesn't, if it doesn't hook me and, and lock me in in three episodes, I'm done. She-Hulk, done. Obi-Wan Kenobi, done. Three episodes in and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I've seen fan films better than this stuff. This is this is terrible. And She-Hulk is <sighs> She-Hulk had so much potential. I was so much looking forward to this. Because I've been wanting a She-Hulk story for, uh, series for a long time. You can go back and listen to a lot of different shows that we've done. I've been wanting a She-Hulk something, TV show, movie, whatever for a long while and we finally get it and Tatiana Maslany is such a fantastic actress she's a brilliant performer her work on Orphan Black is stunning and yet She-Hulk is terrible with people writing the show who admit in an interview that they don't know how to write this kind of show. You don't do that. PR 101. Don't admit that you're bad at something. You know, I mean, you have to, you have to at least, we'll give it the old college try. You know, this is not something that we've done before. We're really lo looking forward to the challenge. It's going to be fun. We're going to learn something new. Yip, yip, hurrah. But they didn't do that. And I think now, when you get into phase four of the Marvel stuff, and you look at Star Wars, and you look at Doctor Who, and you look at Star Trek, there are more people realizing that you don't have to look at, watch, read everything and it's okay because you know you've got people sitting out there you know you don't like my politics don't don't buy my book okay now we see what happens with the comic book industry imploding like it is well this tv show is not made for you okay well i won't watch it well why isn't anybody watching our show well you told us not to you said it wasn't made for us so we stayed home 
We kept the TV off. We we changed the channel. We watched something else. I've been watching Deep Space Nine and the original Star Trek and Gargoyles and the animated X-Men. Better stuff. And then I run across this article. This is Tom'sGuide.com. Rory Mellon uh, writing in this. This was published uh, Saturday. I stopped watching She-Hulk and it changes the way I think about the MCU. I've made no secret of my growing dissatisfaction with the MCU, and She-Hulk Attorney at Law, the latest slice of the interconnected comic book universe, has done precious little to reserve my mar reverse my Marvel fatigue. I should clarify up front that I don't think She-Hulk is a bad show, just very bland. And that's become an increasingly common trend with the MCU, particularly in the TV space. The glut of Disney Plus shows have rapidly worn me down to the point where I only finished the likes of Hawkeye and Moon Knight out of a sense of obligation to stay in the loop rather than because I genuinely wanted to see how those series concluded. Now, if you remember, when Captain Marvel came out, it was stuck in between the two Avengers movies. And now, Kevin Feige is a very smart guy. And the marketing people strategized properly that we have the Avengers movie and we ended on a cliffhanger. What's going to happen? And it's, the, it's one of the biggest film events ever, especially when it comes to superhero movies, right? And we know that the big second part is going to be this huge payoff. And we all know that it's going to be gargantuanly epic. And Captain Marvel is right there in the middle of them. And here we are, fear of missing out. What has the Marvel Universe programmed us to do at this point is we expect everything to be connected and we expect one thing in this movie to pay off in this movie, to pay off in that movie, and set up another movie. We, it's all this all interconnected story universe. So by the time we get to Captain Marvel, we're conditioned to think, well, we have to watch this movie so we don't miss anything, so it, it, it pays off in Avengers. Except it didn't. And that was the beginning, I think, the crack in the wall for a lot of people. Because we basically got rickrolled into watching Captain Marvel so that we would have all of the information that we needed going into Avengers Endgame. And there's the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe falling apart for a lot of people. Hey, wait a minute, this was a bait and switch. I didn't need to watch this movie to see Avengers Endgame. Bing! Light starts going off in, in some people's minds. Alright, continuing from the article. However, the one-two punch of Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk convinced me that I really don't need to watch everything MCU. It's perfectly okay, even preferable, 
to pick and choose the stuff that captures your attention and skip the rest. Having now put this new approach into practice in recent weeks, I'm suddenly and surprisingly more excited about Marvel than I was before. Earlier this summer, I very nearly stopped watching Moon Knight. I'm fully aware that my dislike of the Oscar Isaac-fronted show is a controversial take, but the show lost me in the malaise of its middle episodes. After some passionate, to put it mildly, reactions to my various articles expressing my disappointment with the show, I pushed on and finished the series. Then next up came Ms. Marvel, and to be honest, I found the first two episodes pretty refreshing. I loved Iman Vellani in the central role of Kamala Khan, and the significantly lower stakes appealed to me after so many MCU projects where the hero needs to prevent some global catastrophe or world-ending threat. Unfortunately, the shine started to wear in subsequent episodes, and as of the time of writing, I've still got two episodes left of the series. I've struggled in recent weeks to summon the enthusiasm to finish the series. My motivation wasn't helped by having the ending spoiled for me, courtesy of social media, but that's the risk we take while aimlessly internet scrolling these days. And it, this, is, this is kind of thing that I was talking about before. You know, feeling like, well, I kind of have to. I kind of have to watch this show. You know, if we're going to talk about the show, you know, we've got Ranker Pit where we talk about Star Wars stuff, right? And the latest series, Andor, is coming out. So we're, I, I feel obligated to be at least informed enough to have a conversation on a show that I, that I co-host and produce every week. And, you know, we got to have stuff to talk about. And we got to know what we're talking about. And we have to, you know, we have to at least sound smart. So there's this sense of obligation. And I felt that with Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I got to the third episode and I said, I just can't do it anymore. And it's the dilemma of the media. It's the dilemma of the critic, right? You're a fan. You're also a journalist or a critic or a commentator content creator so there's this this dichotomy this this mix of priorities i really want to enjoy this show but i don't as a fan i don't enjoy what i'm seeing so i don't want to see any more but as somebody who covers this as part of my channel and my work and all of the stuff that we do here i kind of feel like i have to which complicates things because now I have to. It's an obligation. It's onerous. Now you now you get this sense of resistance. Oh, I don't really want to do it. So you start dragging your feet and you start procrastinating. You find other things to do. Like puttering around in the garden. Or, you know, making a trip to Home Depot or something. It's like, oh, man, i got to watch that show before Tuesday. I don't want to. And, and I, I, would, I would dare say I'm not the only one. Back to the article here. In Steps She-Hulk, the latest MCU show. It is currently two-thirds of the way into a nine-episode run. I hate to sound like a broken record here, but after an initially promising first episode, that's debatable, 
The next two chapters in Jennifer Walters' story left me pretty underwhelmed. I'll agree with that. The fourth wall-breaking humor felt uninspired, and Walters' ability to turn into a big green rage monster so far appears almost unnecessary to the story. A strange narrative decision in my eyes. Since watching those first three episodes, as soon as they hit Disney's streaming service, I've fallen behind as the weekly rollout continues ahead full steam, and instead of feeling a desperate urge to catch up to avoid having the climax spoiled for me, as happened with Ms. Marvel, I actually feel really pleased to have let She-Hulk pass me by, almost like a weight has been lifted. I don't feel the compulsion to carry on watching She-Hulk the same way I do with a show like House of the Dragon. The latter has me almost physically itching for each new installment, but it's been very rare for an MCU show to give me that same feeling, and unfortunately, She-Hulk definitely hasn't. If my overriding reaction to a TV show is basically a shrug, then it's probably a good sign to go and watch something else instead. Up until this point, I've been worried that if I skipped a piece of MCU content, be that a movie or a TV show, I would fail to fully understand some future Marvel project. And that's by design, everybody. That's what they want. That's what they hope. You sit there and have this fear of missing out. Oh, I gotta watch this so I know that's the other thing. Right? Star Wars was the same way. When Disney took over and they started doing all of this new stuff, the sequels, well, then they had the books, and then they had the comic books, and they tied it all together, and it was all canon. So now... Kyrgyzstan, the big, the big black Wookiee, shows up in, in, in the book of Boba Fett, and he's a comic book character. And you're like, oh, this is really cool. Here's that. Except nobody's reading the comic books. That scene in that movie that you didn't quite understand, well, we explain it in this book over here. And then it becomes homework. Then it becomes this have-to and you're not wanting to know everything, but now there's this, well, if you, want to, if you want to understand this story, you have to read this story. If you want to understand this movie, you have to watch this TV show. You have to, you want this and you got to have this. And then you, that's not how it should be. Everything, whether it's comic book, movie, television show, novel, audio, podcast, whatever, all of them should be able to stand on their own within the overall narrative of the whole thing. We had Russ uh, Colchimero on here on, uh, on Friday talking about his Angela Hardwick mystery series, sci-fi mystery. And he said no matter where you are, he's got three books in the series so far. He's planning five. He says, no matter where you are, no matter which book you pick up, that can be your first book. You don't have to read them one, two, and three. You can read them three, one, two. You could read them three, two, one. You can read them one, three, two. It, it doesn't matter. Because each book reintroduces the characters, and the essential pieces of information that you have in order to know what's going on. One story doesn't depend on another story, doesn't depend on another story. And that's good. Because I pick up a book, and I know what's going on. We've got a number of books in the pile here, in the review pile, 
dating all the way back to 2012, and some of them are in a series. I have 5th, 6th, 12th books, but I don't have any other ones come before it. Do I need to? Do I need to read these five books in order to read this one book that I'm going to do a review on? I don't know. I shouldn't have to, but sometimes that's the way the whole thing is built out. Now, that's one of the things I like about David Weber's Honor Harrington series. You can pick up any book and you can read it. Now, further you go along... The later stories, they get there's a lot more that ties in with other things going on in other books. But there's still enough in that book that you don't have to read any other thing to know what's going on. To understand what all of these characters are about and what's happening, what the situation is, and, and, and follow the story. And that's as it should be. You should not have to depend on one piece of story to inform another piece of story. And I think that's something that the MCU has come to count on a little bit too much. Back to the article here. I don't need to watch every single piece of MCU content in an attempt. Um, let's see, hang on here. Where's, up until this point, I've been worried that if I skipped a piece of MCU content, be that a movie or a TV show, I would fail to fully understand some future Marvel project. And perhaps that will prove to be the case. Maybe something from She-Hulk will be the key to defeating Kang in the next Avengers movie. But I've realized that watching a TV show purely because of FOMO is a waste of my own time and isn't sustainable in the long run. I don't need to watch every single piece of MCU content in an attempt to stay within an increasingly unwieldy loop. I can pick and choose the parts of the universe that interest me. For example, I'm really looking forward to Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but have next to zero interest in the upcoming series Echo. If I start a new MCU show on Disney Plus and it doesn't grab me, surely it makes logical sense to bow out once I'm sure the series isn't for me. That's the approach I'd take with any non-MCU show, after all. The interconnected nature of the MCU has made me believe that in order to enjoy any of it, I must consume all of it. But I'm no longer convinced that's true. I've argued before that I want the MCU to slow down for a breath, but clearly that's not going to happen anytime soon. It's full steam ahead for the foreseeable future, so a new strategy was clearly needed. Going forward, instead of demanding that the MCU bend to my wants or forcing myself to watch mediocre content, I'm instead going to curate the franchise myself, picking out the movies and shows that appeal to me and letting the other stuff fall by the wayside. This new approach is already getting me excited about the MCU again. Now when I look at a list of upcoming MCU movies and TV shows, instead of feeling overwhelmed with how much stuff is on the horizon, I pick out the highlights that interest me the most. Plus, if any of the content I choose to skip ultimately enjoy a rave reception or receive a recommendation from a trusted friend or colleague, I can always circle back and catch up. This is a smart approach, folks. And this is what we should be doing with everything. This is what we should do with Ma uh, with Marvel. This is what we should do with Star Wars. If you don't have any interest in Andor, don't watch it. If you don't have any interest in The Acolyte, don't watch it. If you don't have any interest in Ahsoka, don't watch it. If Rogue Squadron ever gets made and you don't have any interest, don't watch it. 
60th anniversary of Doctor Who's coming up. You don't have any interest in it. Don't watch it. And don't hate watch it either. Because that's still a number. That's still a plus one. And I know there are a number of us here in these channels. Us with our YouTube channels and our commentating and, 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 and whatnot. We're going to watch it, maybe. Hate watching is watching. And I'm not going to say, you know, sail the high seas or anything like that. Don't do that. I'm dead set against any kind of piracy for any of this stuff. But don't hate watch something. If you're not interested in it, just don't give it any of your time. And I say, you know, I say that knowing that this kind of content, this programming that we produce here, falls into that same category. If we do something and you don't look, it doesn't look like anything that you'd be interested in, I don't expect you to watch it. I don't expect you to listen to it. If we're going to be discussing a particular topic on a particular day and you don't have any interest in it, like on Friday, we're going to be talking about Afrofuturism. We're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff that's coming out of Africa. If you don't have any interest in that, then you don't have any interest in it. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Our numbers continue to grow slowly and steadily because we keep putting out work that I think is of a particular quality. But you don't have to watch every single show that we've got on this channel. And we do a lot. But everything should be approached that way when it comes to entertainment. I don't have any interest in it. I'm not going to watch it. I don't have any interest in that book. I'm not going to read it. That comic book looks really cool. I that artwork looks looks pretty snazzy. I think I'll check that out. And you read it for an for an issue or two or three, and eh, it's not as good as I thought it was. Don't feel bad that you walk away from something if you don't enjoy it. We need to be curating our entertainment just as much as we need to be curating everything else that comes into our lives. Social media, entertainment, news, cultural stuff, politics, all of that. We need to use some critical thinking. We need to use some discernment to find those nuggets that we can appreciate or enjoy, depending on what the topic is. We need to find those things that we can latch on to. We can say, this is something that I, that I like. This is something that I trust. This is something that I enjoy. This over here, not so much. And we need to be okay with that. And don't worry about the name-calling and the cry-bullies. And, and you don't even have to announce, hey, I decided I'm not going to watch She-Hulk. I mean, don't invite the drama. 
nobody needs the announcement unless if people are sitting there going, hey, are you going to review that show for your channel? Nah, I don't think I will. It doesn't look interesting to me. But here's the channel that's going to be doing reviews. You can go watch them. You know, give them, give them, a, give them a recommendation. If they trust you and they're going to sit there and say, hey, are you going to review X and you're not, well, they still trust you. You could give them a recommendation for somebody else that might be doing it. Not me, but them. Instead of, nah, that looks like garbage. I just, uh, I mean, nobody needs that. And I know there are a lot of channels that make their bones on that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes that could get to be too much. We should be curating even those YouTube channels that we watch. Or don't watch. On any topic, not just fandom and, and genre and sci-fi and fantasy and horror or anything like that. Everything. We need to be curating what we take in. Because not only does it affect those things we enjoy. In terms of, you know, feeling obligated that we've got to participate in this thing as far as the audience goes. But it also has an impact on us Mentally and emotionally. Because of the stress. Not, not just, oh, I'm going to miss it. I mean, if you're excited and you, you don't want to miss it, that's one thing. But uh, I'm not going to watch this and I'm going to have so many people that are going to yell at me for not watching it. And say, oh, i got to do this, this and that and deal with this and these comments and this thing and this thread. and all It takes a toll. Just take what you want for you and leave all the rest. And you don't have to make any big announcements. You don't have to make pronouncements and we're going to watch this or we're not going to watch this. Nobody's going to be the wiser unless you draw attention to it. Just watch what you are interested in. Enjoy what you enjoy. Leave the rest for somebody else. And it, it's the flip side of what Charlie Daniels talked about in his autobiography. You know, you concentrate on the seats that are filled. You know, you focus on, you know, don't focus on the empty seats, Charlie Daniels says, right? Don't look at the empty seats. And he said that was the beginning of his career. He was so focused on the people that didn't show up. Why didn't they show up? What's wrong with us? No, 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 no. You focus on the people who did show up and you give them the best show that you possibly can. And you don't worry about the people who aren't there because they're missing out. Well, it's the same kind of thing. The flip side of that is I showed up. I'm a customer. I'm, I, I expect a good show. Entertain me. Inform me. Educate me. Whatever, whatever it is. I'm in the seat. Your show is for me. Unless I decide it's not, and then I walk away. And that's on me. Your show, your concert, your blog, might be something that appeals to that guy over there. 
In which case, do the best you can for that guy over there. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to enjoy something else. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing something wrong, or you're doing something badly. It just means that whatever you're doing doesn't appeal to me. And I shouldn't have to feel bad because I don't enjoy what you're doing. I find something over here that I enjoy. You, you go to this guy who's enjoying what you're doing and y'all, y'all go and do your thing. And that's the kind of thing we need to be doing. We need to curate our lives. Curate everything. Be picky. We're, 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 you know, a lot of, a lot of this arguments about gatekeeping and whatnot, we can't gatekeep our community, our fandoms anymore. There's too many people that are in there that shouldn't be. And we're past that point where we ought to, we ought to be gatekeeping the fandoms. But you can gatekeep your corner of it. You can gatekeep and curate what you read, what you watch, what you listen to, who you talk with about it, what commentary about it you'll pay attention to, all of that stuff. You can curate your corner. And you can say, this is, this is mine. This is what I enjoy. This is what stimulates me. This is what informs me. This is what educates me. This is what edifies me. And you can leave the rest for other people. And if there's some crossover, if other people enjoy the same kind of thing that you enjoy, then hey, we've got something to talk about. And if they don't enjoy what you enjoy, well, hey, we got something to talk about too. But that could turn into something drama. Curate for you. You're the customer. You have control over everything that comes to you. You control the TV channels that you watch. You control your subscriptions, whatever streaming services you subscribe to. It's your money. You control what books you read, what comic books you read, what DVDs you buy, what video games you play, the politicians you vote for. You're in control. This goes back all the way to my very first, well, not the very first, the, the hundredth episode. You know, when we first, when we came back in this show, and I've said this numbers of times since, you're in control. It's your dollars. It's your money. It's your time. It's your attention. You decide what has value for you. And it's good to see other people starting to talk about it that way. Let's curate so that we can enjoy what we enjoy and we'll leave the rest. You're the customer. Don't think, don't think as a fan. Don't, don't be the, don't be the fanatic screaming in the aisle. <laughs> no, you're a customer. You're a paying customer. You pay with your money. You pay with your time and attention. 
your vote, your your volunteer efforts, what, whatever it is that you put into it. You, you give the investment of you. You need to get something back out of it. And if you don't, then find something else. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that includes this channel. If you don't find value in what we're doing, that's okay. There's plenty of other places. It, maybe you like one show, not another show. One episode, not another episode. One guest, not another guest. That's okay. All we can do is our best. And as long as you keep coming back, then I guess that means we're doing something right. And I will always and forever appreciate everybody who's here. Whether you're a subscriber or not, whether you are a regular or not, you're here. And I appreciate that. And I've gone much longer than I anticipated and planned to, so I'm going to go ahead and bow out with this reminder. The media is not your friend. You can find us on a number of different social media channels. Social media is not your friend either. We're doing it there so we can post links so you know what's going on. We'll do announcements and whatnot. And when the, when the video is up on, on Odyssey, we'll give you, give you a link there. <sighs> One day at a time, folks. That's all we can do. I say the media is not your friend. They want you to think there are five lights. But you and I both know there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.